Hello, Brenna. Hi, Maureen. Well, folks, I've done it. I don't remember if I announced this last time, but I did finish getting in the ninth. Um, yes. And I haven't started Harrow the ninth yet because I like to torture Maureen and I told her I needed some space. I needed some time. I needed a couple weeks to process. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. So I can't just like jump from one thing to another. I'm a I I I've played like I used to play like the same game for five years. I don't like start new things very quickly. I'm a I'm a oh, yeah, I still only play the same five games. Um but other than that I do I have I have read a couple other comics in between. Uh have you been reading anything? Um, I'm gonna pick something off the pile of comics I've been reading, or that I will be reading. Um, you know, this, this, the idea of this was to talk about things we have read. But, yeah. It's okay. You've been moving and moving yeah. in and watching Twilight. It's, yeah, you know, when I was in LA, I had a lot of time to read. Because I wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have a job, and then after the job... I have stuff to do. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I have to do other things. So I can't if, just sit and read every night. If I didn't, like, straight up dedicate my work up workout time, if I didn't uh, multitask, read and work out, I don't think I would read as much as I do. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to read um, Prince and the Dressmaker. Ooh! Have you not read that? No, I haven't. I Well, I picked it up from the library, but... By Jen Wang. Yeah, Jen Wang's amazing. It's an amazing read. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I have read it, and it's very, very good. So, <sighs> I read uh, The Singing Bones by Sean Tan, um, which was basically, he did uh, small sculptures of uh, Grimm's fairy tales. And it's basically mm -hmm. like a picture book, and each uh, image has uh, an interpretation of, like, that story and, like, a little excerpt from the story. And in the back of the book, there's, like, a short summary of the of the Grimm's fairy tale. I'm a huge fan of folklore and Grimm, the Grimm's fairy tales. Um, and it's just a really interesting um, interpretation and uh, artwork done by Sean Tan. Um, you may recognize him. He also wrote The Arrival. That's the one folks know him for. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, he's really a fantastic illustrator and uh, uh, I would say graphic storyteller. He isn't quite graphic novels, but he definitely uses like imagery, um, but not necessarily nice. tell its tales. So yeah, that was, I really liked it. I'm definitely probably going to get a copy of that, probably for myself and maybe friends. Um, shall we? Yes, we shall. I'm Ember Hart. And I'm Tangle Tongue. And this is Warrior Cats. What is that? Like, we can't leave. 
we're in a cave right now. Yeah. We're going to see something, like, cool. Like, we're probably going to see some magic right now, but, um, we are captured. <laughs> That's the captured music. <laughs> Why is your alarm set for 20 minutes after we were supposed to start recording? No, I think it was just, like, snoozed. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're, uh... Yeah, we're definitely prisoners. No, we figured that one out. That mystery we're has been solved. Yeah, it wasn't, like, quite a mystery. It was more just, like, waiting for confirmation. So, but we're in the cool, we're in the sharp stone cave where they, well, I don't remember what it's called, but it's called something like that. Yes, the, um, the cave of pointed stones. Ooh. So Stone Teller goes to the center of the Forest of Stone and says, It is time for a telling. They call on the tribe of Endless Hunting to show them their will. Stone Teller is peering into the puddles of water on the ground. So Brooke had told Stonefur that her leader had been given nine lives by the tribe of Endless Hunting, just as the clan leaders were given nine lives by Star Clan. Oh, cool. Which, I don't know if that's, like, ever mentioned again. Oh, but he does have nine lives. Apparently, yeah. I wonder, um, I wonder if it's more common in the tribe of Running Water for them to, like, pass away from, like, disease or older age since they don't have other, uh, tribes that they're usually fighting. Like, clans yeah. usually, at least from what I've seen, the clan leaders usually lose one of their lives in battle. So I'm like, I wonder if Stone Teller is, like, ancient. <laughs> Like, I wonder. I kind of wonder how those nine lives work. Like, he's obviously going to grow older and probably live longer than the clan leader cats, but but Stone Teller doesn't leave the uh, the cave either. Like, right. He doesn't. He doesn't leave the cave at all. It's for it's insurance. Like, if he slips and falls on one of the sharp rocks, <sighs> I do like that they described it as a forest of stones. Yeah, it's good. Visual. Um, stone, uh, okay, they, <laughs> the hunters have done this to me, where we have stone teller and storm fur, but then we also had stone fur as, like, that perfect marriage of the two names, and it's really getting me. <laughs> yep. It's just, it's here to, uh, hurt us. Hurt me. Yeah, so be, um, so that's gonna happen. I'm just gonna tell you that now. It's gonna happen. I am the last person to hold that against you. Well, I'm gonna tell everybody else it's gonna happen. Oh, also, we've been saying Craig's name wrong. It's Craig, but... I am not gonna stop. Yeah. His name's Craig now. Because <laughs> it's too funny not to just call him Craig. It is. It's so good. Stone teller... Oh, see, I wrote stone fur right there. Nice. Even Gosh. your notes betray you. Yeah, no, they, they have. So, stone fur had found that hard to believe until now. Outlined in the watery light among the pointed stones, Stone Teller looked in more possession of power than all the forest cats together. Stone Teller stops by the largest pool of water. He greets the tribe of Endless Hunting and thanks them for their mercy in saving them at last from Sharptooth. 
the tribe cats murmur their thanks. I, I, I'd like to put a hand up. I don't know if anyone else, uh, my work from home, homies, um. <laughs> oh! <laughs> my fellow work from homies, um. Oh, sorry, hang on. Um, my fellow oh my people who, I'm sorry, my fellow people who work from home, I don't know if anyone else has, like, uh, who uses, um, Teams, but in Teams, if you're, like, in a group meeting, uh, like a video call, you have the option to raise your hand. Um, so I'd like to, <laughs> boop, I'd like to raise my hand, just a button that's, like, a little hand raise guy, and it, it tells, like, the yeah. group meeting that someone has their hands up. Uh, I'd like to raise my hand and be like, hey, who's Sharp Tooth? Who's Sharp Tooth? Because he doesn't sound like a nice person. I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing the gender even. Uh, this she may be a lady. Uh, but is Sharp Tooth? Well, one question. One, what is sh what is Sharp Tooth's preferred pronoun? Because I want to be respectful. Um, two. Who are they? What do they do they, they live here? Or because you guys said you didn't have any outside threats, so now I'm. Did they look well, like? Did they look like stone fur? Is that why we're all giving him the stink eye? Well, uh, they 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 refer to sharp tooth with he him pronouns. Okay, cool. So got that. Um, got that. And all right, question for, one answered. As for who, well, I guess we'll keep going. Ah. Uh. Uh. So Squirrelpaw starts to speak, but is silenced by a hiss from a cave guard. <laughs> he was about to put his hand up too. Stone Teller thanks the tribe of Endless Hunting for sending the promised cat. Stone Teller commands him to stand forth. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> Two cave guards uh -oh. thrust Stormfur towards um towards the pool before he can protest. Okay, yeah, that wasn't really a stand forth. That was more of a shove forward. Uh, he didn't yeah. like he didn't like elegantly step forward, being like, "Oh yes, I am the chosen one." Um, so I'm wondering, I, I'd like to uh, put a pin in this as um, I'm curious if we're about to uh, explore the white savior trope at all, um, or I suppose more the outsider trope because he's not necessarily a different race. He's also cat. Yeah, but, but uh, the coding in the is... con in the yeah the coding is there. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so um, Stormfur slips sideways into a puddle, shattering the moonlight, and a gasp <laughs> ripples through the tribe. Oh no! Well, you guys didn't tell us. You didn't tell us not to step in the puddle. How are we supposed to know? Like we've we've tried. We're trying to respect all of your guys's th like. I mean, not Crowpaw. But we, we are genuinely trying to respect your ways of life. Like, we'll share food if you guys want us to share food. Um, I won't step in the puddles, but I, my thing is we don't have Google or travel guides or, like, a tour guide. So you gotta, like, give us a heads yeah, up. speak up. We, we don't have any context. Because, like, we're not, we are not trying to disrespect on purpose. This no. is entirely a snafu, but an accident. Like, I'm, I know I'm scared, because, like, that's one of my worst fears, like, of, like, going somewhere and just messing up, because, oh, God, I have anxiety now. <laughs> Poor Stonefur, because he stepped in a bottle. 
while a cat mutters, an evil omen. Stormfur shakes the water from his paws and goes to stand beside Stone Teller. He's fighting to stay calm, and he demands to know what they're doing. Literally, how was I supposed to know that was an evil omen? Also, I like that you guys have physical omens and not just, like, uh, like weird visuals, because uh, we don't get those as much where I'm from anymore. We do have- we used to have them. Um, ThunderClan had them, we know. But, yeah. Stone Teller tells him not to question it. This is his fate. The tribe cats gaze at Stormfur with expectation and a certain joy like he was the most wonderful thing they had ever seen. It is your fate, they repeat. This is like, this is like, they made a surprise party for him, but he just started working here like a week ago, and he was like, I have never been in a social climate where they would throw a party for Todd, who started a week ago, and I'm now a little worried I am being indoctrinated, <laughs> because... Uh, not that I think, uh, not that I think that Tribe One Running Water is trying to do that, but uh, it's no, they are. Let's be real; they're really trying to just push this on him without any context, background, info. Well, Stormfur, Stormfur has the moment of, oh, so the tribe did single him out. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, a little was bit, it, bud. Just a little, bud. Well, Stone Teller says that the time has come. The promised cat is here, and at last they will be saved from Sharptooth. Uh, Stormfur bursts out that he doesn't understand. <laughs> He's never heard of Sharptooth. <laughs> you guys just said that you were protected from him, so I thought this was a done deal, and now you're saying I have to protect him? He sounds scary. He sounds like he might be like, uh, he might be like a shark. Does he have two sets of teeth? Is that even a thing a cat can have? Um, I'm also very nervous, because I... Uh, I have a lot of expectations to live up in my own head. Also, we gotta go. We have, like, a, like I know you guys said that we couldn't leave, but, like, we do have to leave. Like, I'm actually in the middle. It's not my prophecy, per se, but we are in the middle of a prophecy for ourselves. Uh, oh, actually, we're actually the prophecy delivering squad, in a way. We're actually just here to yeah. bring prophesies back and forth. I am not here to fulfill anything. This is actually very convenient. I... You know what, uh, feather Feathertail, I changed my mind. I should have stayed home. <sighs> oh. His outburst broke the spell. His friends had pushed up to stand by him, but were now being shoved back by cave guards. Oh my gosh. Guys. Literally all, all we want is some context. We might be down, but... Brambleclaw holds back the violence with a word of warning. The cave guards kept their claws sheathed. They didn't want to fight. Stone Teller says that Sharptooth is a huge cat. Oh. He lives in the mountains and makes okay. the tribe his prey. Whoa. Whoa, you guys got a cannibal cat? Oh no. Wait. Do you have an American cat? Do you have an American big cat in your mountains? Is this the American cat? Is this the American animal? Oh my, what He's do you guys have? them off one by one for many seasons. Craig asks, 
If storm fur knows of lions, the shark teeth looks like a lion. Mountain lions live in the in Europe in Europe like at all. Is there even a chance? In the tenth century. In the tenth century. Oh my god! Congratulations! Here's our American animal. They could have picked the European wildcat, the Eurasian lynx, or the Iberian lynx. Like, all of those are pretty, like, far north. Oh my god. Who? What big cat sanctuary was not doing their job? Who tried to raise a mountain lion and let it go loose in the British wildlife? Oh no! (laughs) Mountain? A mountain oh, oh. lion. Okay. Uh, okay. Like, of all, of all the things, like, it could have been, like, a specifically mean badger. It could have been a vulture. <laughs> like, they've already kind of handled birds, but, like, a really big vulture would be a lot. There are, yeah. I, I am sure, I don't know a lot about, like, it could have been a mean goat. Like a mean mountain goat. That would have been hilarious. But, like, there are... There are a couple big cats in Europe. Yeah, it wouldn't have made sense. What would have made more <laughs> sense than a mountain lion? Like, like, oh, man. It also would have made sense if it was just, like, or like a big dog. I'm sure... Are, there's gotta be coyotes in Europe, right? I mean, aren't there coyotes, like, everywhere? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Are there? Oh, wait, they're native to North America. Hang on. Okay, oh. no, there's not coyotes in Europe. But there's the golden jackal. Oh. There's jackals. Jackals exist in Europe. Well, we wanted a big cat. <laughs> it could have been a fox. Okay. All right. Well, all right. We can well, handle foxes. Okay, but like a weirdly big one. Like, we could have, honestly, we have magic in this series. We could have a supernaturally strong turkey vulture, um, or just well, regular so we vulture. have magic in this series, why can't we have a mountain lion? Because <laughs> he's a little silly. Um, okay, wait, okay, so, I'd like to revisit my headcanon of how this mountain lion got here. Um, it okay. would, okay. it would make sense that there's, like, a big cat sanctuary, or, like, someone let it loose as a pet. A I zoo. prefer- I would like to think instead. I would like to raise the Madagascar theory. Uh, Madagascar, <laughs> the famous animated movie, uh, where this this uh, animal was being shipped uh, via a boat somewhere. Via a boat, obviously. Obviously, but they were not properly storing this animal, and it fell off, uh, like in the movie Madagascar. Um, maybe some helpful penguins did it. Uh, but, and it was like, well, it's box broke open on the, on the craggy cliffs of this. Yes. We're pretty close to the ocean. He's like, well, I guess I'll go find a mountain, because I am a mountain lion. Um, 
and the mountain lion's like, I live here. Oh, cool. There's cats here. I'm gonna eat those. Because I don't know. That's now my theory about how this mountain lion got here. Is it the most okay, plausible? Okay, well, that's now my theory, too. Yeah, is it the most plausible? No. Are there ones that make much more sense? Uh-huh. Is it, is it what I think? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, Stormford knows of lions, but they're known for their strength and wisdom and have a golden mane like the sun's rays. Now that's Stone Teller says Sharp Tooth has no mane. Perhaps oh. he lost it because he is so evil. Maybe he's a girl lion, said Squirrel Mom. <laughs> Maybe you guys are disrespecting him. It would be even better if it was an African, a female African lion. Like, that would be, I would love that. <laughs> just You know what, if we're going to be wild, let's just go full. Get us a tiger. Like, you know what? <laughs> where's, where's, where's the panda? <laughs> like. I know pandas aren't carnivorous, but like, oh, a koala. Koalas are kind of mean. Well, he had feared Sharptooth would not rest until the whole tribe was dead. But then the tribe of endless hunting sent them the promised calf. Uh, now I speaking. Now I can't help but think about um, what the warrior cat would do versus a kangaroo. It'd be it'd be, it'd be a massacre. <laughs> Yeah, no, they can't. They wouldn't. Oh, um, sorry, Brooke. Brooke is speaking. I'm sorry, Brooke. Brooke is speaking. She's close to Stormfur, eyes filled with admiration. She tells him he's the chosen one. He'll save them. How? She know. knows he will. You don't know that. You really don't, honey. I don't even know how to hunt properly. I don't even eat right, according to you. I don't. I'm not comfortable. With the pedestal you're putting me on, this is not a healthy relationship dynamic. You have to see me as, like, a mortal first before we can even consider, like, a friendship. But apparently this whole time, you've been looking at me like I was the return of the king. I am not that. I am barely even the two towers. Like, I'm, I am not, I am, I am the, like, I, I, I am the fellowship, like, we don't we, we don't even get any cool battles. All we get is friendships being established and Boromir dying. Yep. I'm pretty sure he died. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Anyway. Um Oh my god. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is why this is such a long series. This would only be like two books if we could just get and go home. We had to run into a whole different clan of cats that somehow has a mountain lion problem. Like, not even a regular problem. We had, like, we had, like, rats as a problem once, which were scary. That was terrifying. I don't want to revisit but, the like, rat time. But it made sense. Like, a yeah. king rat. Like, you know what? Let's do king rats again. That was scary. There's so many scary things we could do. A big snake? No, thank you. <laughs> oh my god. Stormfur's bewilderment is being replaced by a slow burning anger. <laughs> he asks, how could he? What did they expect him to do? He's just getting pissed. He's just like peeved. He's like, what the heck, guys? I did not consent to being the main character. I didn't even realize I was the main character, and we are like one third through this book. 
I was I was a strong support. Yeah. And I and I, I was met, happy there. I was. Honestly, I had some dramatic moments. I had some sad moments. But I don't like this. This is just a lot of anxiety. Bramble Claw, were you going through this, like, for the whole last month? He's like, yeah. <laughs> My whole life, actually. Well, Stoneteller explains that before the last full moon, they were sent a prophecy that a silver cat would save them from sharp teeth. Feathertail's like, am I chop meat? Am I Wait, nothing to you? She does have silver fur, like her mom, though, right? They both yeah. do. Yeah, they both look very similar. Well, no, I uh, one of them her is more like fur. his dad. Yeah. Yeah, what the heck? We should pick Feathertail. She's more civil silver. <sighs> well, when they saw him by the pool, they knew he must be the cat they were promised. I didn't think you guys were sexist because you, like, didn't seem to really care about gender roles when with your, like, different people roles, but, or your... <laughs> not people roles your different uh cat roles but now now i'm reconsidering because apparently so uh miss uh feathertail can't be the character one for some reason yeah what's up with that stormfur insists he can't be he's from a forest far away and has never seen sharp tooth yeah brambleclaw says it's true they're sorry for their trouble but the clans are facing danger at home maybe worse danger feathertail adds they need to go. Yeah. Like, it's, I'm sorry you guys are having problems, and if we were Firestar, we definitely would stick around and help, but not, Firestar is not the main character of this arc, so we're leaving. <laughs> sorry, you should have come earlier in the series. At Stone Teller's signal, guards start to push the clan cats towards the cave entrance. Oh my god! All but Stormfur. Who is surrounded by his own patrol. Feathertail tries desperately to break through to her brother, but the nearest guard bowls her over with a swipe. This is awful. Crowpaw launches himself at the guard, and they fight until Brambleclaw hauls Crowpaw away. He tells the apprentice that it won't help anyone for him to get ripped to shreds. Whoa. Well, Crowpaw it might help snarls. Me. Hmm? It might help me. <laughs> Crowpaw snarls that they should fight. He'd rather die fighting than be trapped here. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I gotta respect this. I gotta respect it. I gotta respect the, like, just the dedication. You know, he, he, he like, doesn't even really like Stormfur, but he's like, I'm ready to throw down. Whatever. Tawny Pelt hisses to her brother to just say the word. Tawnypelt pelts off and feed them to the eagles. <laughs> oh. Yeah, everybody's ready to... Everyone's ready you know, to throw down. Everyone loves you, Stormfur. Starkland, help us, Feathertail cried as she was being shoved back to the entrance. Show them they haven't abandoned them. Stone Teller tells them reassuringly not to fear. This is the will of the tribe of endless hunting. Stormfur tries to follow as they're shoved back to the main cave, but Craig and another guard block his path. Craig points to the other end of the cave and tells him there's a place to sleep. Stormfur's eyes burn as he faces the guard. Okay. And Craig's. Can they leave? Can the other people leave, though? This can seems they? pretty fickle. Like, if you're gonna kidnap me to make you meet your chosen one, alright. 
I guess I can't stop you. I mean, I wish I could, but I can't. But at least let my friends go. Like, they have something to do. We've told you multiple times that we have, we're on a mission. So I know that you have your mission and that's cool. But like, ours is, ours is time sensitive. Yours is too. Yours is too. I'm not trying to demean like a giant lion trying to eat you all. But come on. Well, Craig says awkwardly that it won't be so bad. <laughs> Craig! He can kill Sharptooth for them and then leave if he still wants. Oh, 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 ooh, real casual. About, are you kidding me, Craig? Are you actually kidding me? What? You want me to come and finish the work that none of you could achieve? And then, yeah, yeah that's go what... home, dude. Yeah, it's chill. What? You guys Jennifer don't even have, like, a plan exactly for that. me? Or, like, an ultimate weapon? Like, usually these prophecies come with, like, a secret sword or, like, <laughs> a mystical amulet or, like, some hidden power. You're just saying, yeah, Joe Blow Schmo, he can handle it. We've all tried. Didn't work. But, hey, he's got it. Regular guy, McSteve, he got it. Are you kidding me? Just because, just because a little rock puddle told you I could do it? I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But I am getting, a, I, I feel disrespected. <laughs> yeah, Wolves. Um, he says this is mouth brain. They're all mad. <laughs> Stonecaller says, no. He must have faith in the tribe of endless hunting. The sign was clear, and he came, just as promised. Stormfur says that his faith is in Star Clan, <laughs> and he's trying to hide his fear. Had his ancestors abandoned him? Maybe. Stone Teller tells him to go to his sleeping hollow. He'll bring him food. We've been <gasps> waiting for him for a long time. He will not be treated poorly. You've been waiting but you for are me for a month! You literally said the last full moon you heard about me. It's been a month. That's not a long time. I fought wars in between a month time. Like, you have to let me go home. Or at least let my friends go. So you he's not going to be treated poorly, but they're still keeping him prisoner. Yeah, I guess. This is so. so you, I'm really confused why they're not letting... Did I misunderstand? Are they really not letting the other clan cats leave? They push him towards the entrance to the Cave of Pointed Stones, so we'll find out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this is becoming a little, uh, Vlad the Impaler. Are we, get to get, are we about to get the sharp rock treatment? <laughs> so, um, Stormfur goes back to the hollow, and there's one next to it as well, which must be where Stone Teller sleeps. He lays down and tries to figure out how to escape. The betrayal he feels makes it hard to think. He thought the tribe cats liked him. Unlike in River Clan, where his friendships were shadowed by his parentage or questions of his loyalty. But the tribe just wants him to fulfill their prophecy. Aww, Stormford thought he had friends. Oh, I feel used. Brooke sets a rabbit in front of him. She apologizes, but asks if it's really so bad to stay with the tribe. She wants to be his friend, if you let her. Okay, alright, yeah, no. She hesitates and it's adds not... that she could stay with him now. It's their custom to groom each other, 
especially in times of hardship. <laughs> they call it the giving of close comfort. Ugh. Stormfur realizes she means sharing tongues. Okay, yeah. So, both, that's... Both sharing tongues and giving of close comfort is, like, so intimate. And I know it is an intimate act, but you just told me... Uh, also, it's not, it's not a thing of this being good or bad. It's a thing of, you are actively doing a bad thing to me, so I can't look at this in any other perspective. Like, it's not yeah. like, oh, I could stay another day or I could leave on Monday. It's, a uh, <laughs> you are actively not letting me leave. Well, not long ago, he would have been thrilled to share tongues with Brooke. But now it outraged him. Did he, did she think he wanted her close to him when she had just betrayed him? Lied to him? He turns his head away from her without saying anything. And he hears her faint gasp of pain before she left. I think it's more so, um, they really just kind of omitted the truth. <laughs> they didn't tell you. Yeah, they just didn't say anything. They just like, yeah. looked around nervously whenever they asked about it. <laughs> <laughs> the thought of eating made him sick. But he makes himself eat. Because whatever happened next, he would need his strength. You can't have a tombly rambale when you are being... <laughs> imprisoned. He curled up and stared at the tunnel where his friends had disappeared. Guards were stationed there. Between Stormfur and the entrance were pools of water. It almost reminds him of the river. But he misses the endless murmuring and the glitter and splash of moving water. He tries to sleep. And he reflects that he didn't need to come on this journey at all. Starkland hadn't chosen him. He was never summoned by a dream. And now he'd give anything for the whole journey to have been a dream. If only he could wake up and find himself back home in RiverClan. Wanna hit me with a cat fact? Alright. Shh, shh. Oh, did you guys think we were done with silly cat fact bits? Just because we left the gallery? Oh, you wish. Welcome, guys, to the Cat Fact Library. Uh, so everyone keep your voice down, because we're gonna get into some cat facts about libraries specifically. Um, uh, so we're gonna whisper, but like it's a stage whisper. <laughs> uh, are, are you excited, Maureen? Yeah, I'm thrilled. Keep your voice, keep your voice down. <laughs> keep it down. We're in a library. Are you excited? Yes, I'm very excited. Okay. All right. So, folks, uh, welcome. We're going to start back at the beginning. Now, we're going to go way back. Back to the third century, in fact, because we're going to the Library of Alexandria. Yeah. I've got to put the kibosh on the whispering, because that's going to be the worst for people trying to listen. It, well, it's a stage whisper. Okay. It's okay, a stage whisper. Do you I'll not know what you. a stage whisper is, Maureen? I was never in theater. Okay, a stage whisper is when you project your oh, voice. I know what a stage whisper is. Well, then you then then act like it. Okay. It, this is this is going to be at the same. I will make sure the levels are 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 similar. Okay, I, I have faith in you. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. 
have a little bit. So, <laughs> we're going back to the Library of Alexandria, that famous library that was destroyed. Um, and everyone gets really sad about it every time they remember. Um, because at that library, there was a very important dude. And his name was Petsis. And Petsis had a very important cat. That's right. Uh -huh. So, uh, Petsis was a sub-librarian at the, uh, the Library of Alexandria. And his job was organizing um, the scrolls, which he found was kind of hard because uh, they don't have spines, so you can't read them, <laughs> and it's hard to organize them. And it was all, it was organizational nightmare. And even worse, yeah. there were mice and rats and rodents, rodents getting into the scrolls and destroying them. Ah, uh, you know. Uh, so, worse. to sort of. Uh, help him chill out. He would go fish in the Nile. Um, and one day when he was fishing, he found, uh, well, rather, a cat found him. A cat walked up to him. He gave it a little bit of fish. And the cat's like, cool, man, we're friends now. And eventually he, like, uh, took the cat home. And that cat followed him everywhere. The cat even followed him uh -huh. to work. So he named the cat Mio. M-Y-E-O. Um, okay. And since the That's cat followed, yeah, since the cat followed him to work, um, he came to the library with him, and eventually Mio started to catch the mice and leave them for Petsis in his work area, um, and this oh. gave Petsis an idea, so he tamed more cats and brought them to the library, and soon the rodent issue was under control, and since he was a sub librarian. Huh. Petsis wanted to keep track of uh, the pest control, so on small scraps of paper, he wrote the name of the cat and how many uh, uh, rodents they caught that day. Um, and eventually, he decided he would just keep it all on one page, and uh, would keep it, all, it would make it a lot easier to track. Boom. Yeah. He got an idea of how to solve the scroll issue. Yeah. So the organization and the pet, uh, the rodent issue solved with cats. Um, and wow. this was discovered not too long ago by the Molesworth Institute in 2004, headed by Norman D. Stevens. It's all written up in an article I will have linked in our description. Uh, wasn't that a fantastic story, Maureen? Hmm? Did you like that story, Maureen? I loved it. Well, you should, um, because the thing about libraries is you always have to pay attention of where you're doing your research. Uh, you might have not noticed, but we are standing in the historical fiction section. Uh, that was all made I up. I didn't notice. Oh, look at, that, was, that was entirely made up, and it's okay, because I read the entire article written by uh, uh, Norman D. Stevens by the Molesworth Institute, and I was like, oh, this is fascinating. This is amazing. Uh, but, like, some things I was kind of like, mm, you know, it's kind of weird that they know this because the Library of Alexandria did burn down. So how did they find out all these details? And as I was trying to do more research, I googled the Molesworth Institute and found out that it is fake. And it's ah. actually a group of librarians who write fake literary papers and publish them. Um, and Cruel. Yeah, Nor Norman, uh, Norman is real. He's a real guy, uh, and he wrote this paper. He wrote some, and like, 
the papers are funny because like they're just believable enough but they have if you know enough and they're all about like libraries and like other pa papers that could be real but probably aren't uh, the 1971 mm -hmm. French cataloging code and the origins of the card catalog. Like, things that I'm like, I'm not sure if that's a real paper. Because, like, why would they even be writing that paper? <laughs> um, so, what I'm saying, folks, is even when you're in a library, like the Cat Facts Library, uh, you always have to check your resources. Wikipedia, an actual printed book, or an official printed scholarly article. It could be wrong. <laughs> um, but, and if anyone's bitter about me lying, I wasn't lying, I was telling you a story. Um, next week, we will be talking about a real, a real library cat. So, oh, so excited. Alright, shh, keep your voice down. Get out of here. Right. The library's closed. Get out, get out. Well, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Thanks, Brenna. <laughs> That might hurt my voice to do it at that tone. <laughs> There's a lot of famous library cats. Like, weirdly so. I was like, oh, Aww. yeah, I'm gonna re do Return of Cats with Jobs. And I was like, library cats. Oh my god, there are so many with so many different stories, so. That's because you know librarians like their cats. You, and, yeah, it's a tradition. So, and that's another thing about Mio, is in the official, like, Wikipedia uh, entry, um, for library cats, Mio wasn't mentioned at all. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Why wouldn't they mention, like, the first recorded library cat? And then, like, that's when I did more and more research. Uh, yeah, so the Molesworth Institute is fake and kind of hilarious. So it reminds me, when I did, uh, in anthropology, one of the first papers we read um, was, like, a paper about um, witch doctors, but it was actually just about dentists. But it was, like, written in a way that exotifies, like, regular American things. Um, and that's why, even when something is published and printed, you have to be careful about where your sources are coming from. Because they can yeah. make something seem really different and believable. But they're actually just talking about an everyday thing. I'll see if I can find that article. Because I think, like, literally the, um, I think it was, like, a tribe called something. And it was literally just America spelled backwards. All right. Leaf palm cinder pelt are at four trees with little cloud, waiting for the river clan medicine cats to go to high stones. They are late. Cinder pelt says they need all the time they can get. They need to know what to do about the two legs. Leaf paw is growing impatient and hungry. Cinder pelt had given her traveling herbs, but they don't help when she doesn't even remember the last time she's been fully fed. God, we're starving. Yeah, the whole clan is suffering. The lack of food is weakening them, making it difficult to catch the little prey that there is left. Her stomach gives an embarrassingly loud, large grumble. And Little Cloud looks to her sympathetically. He tells Cinderpelt that Blackstar sent warriors to fetch rats and crow food from Carrion Place. They haven't had any sickness yet, but it's only a matter of time. Cinderpelt tells him that she hopes he remembers the herbs and berries she gave him when he was sick. Little Cloud tells her he's been collecting them. He knows he'll need them soon. Finally, the River Clan medicine cats arrive. And Leafpaw can't suppress the pang of envy at how well-fed Mothwing looks. 
her long golden fur was sleek with good health. Mudfur barely stops for a greeting and just leaves them up the slope. Leafpaw and Mothwing bring up the rear. Leafpaw tells her that she got in trouble for their fishing lesson. Mothwing says her leader has no right. They're medicine cats. Also, don't rag on him. He's my dad. <laughs> yeah, be nice. Leafpaw says medicine cats need to stick to the warrior code as much as any cat. Mothwing just snorts. She says she thinks she's getting on well. Mudfur has been teaching her herbs and the best way to remove thorns from pads. He told her he'd never seen a cat do it so neatly. And Leafpaw doesn't mind her boasting. She knows Mothwing has been very insecure about her place as a medicine cat. Share your wings, girl. Yeah. She's uneasy in WindClan territory. It hasn't been very long since their confrontation. And they seem determined to keep their starvation a secret. Even though it was super obvious. Yeah. Leafpaw kind of worries, um... That they might attack medicine cats because of their hostility. She doesn't say anything though, because Firestar would be furious if she gossiped with Mothwing about it. The medicine cats don't slow as they cross the border, and over the top of a gentle rise, Leafpaw finds herself looking at the worst scene of two leg destruction she's seen so far. The scar across the territory is longer and wider. Two-legged monsters sat in waiting. If there was a hill in their way, they simply gorged a path through it. Were they going to devour the whole moor? Leafpaw shudders and bounds behind her mentor. Barkface emerges from a bush where he's been waiting. Leafpaw had prepared for him to look hungry, but it's still a shock to see just how thin he is. He looks barely more than a walking skeleton with his ragged pelt hanging off. Cinderpelt touches noses with him sympathetically. She tells him Stark may be with you. And with all my clan, Barkface answers. Sometimes you think Clan wants every one of them to join them. With not even a kit left to keep the warrior code alive. Cinderpelt says maybe they'll get guidance at the Moonstone. Mothwing murmurs to Leafpaw that it's getting worse for WindClan. She says Hawkdrops had to chase them away from the river. They were stealing fish. Leafpaw says they have to find prey somewhere. Like, she knows stealing prey is wrong. But she can't blame WindClan. I feel like it's getting to the point where we just gotta, like, start... Oh man, it, it will be impossible because how everyone is. But we just have to start gathering and sharing the resources. Yeah. Well, and the river is so full of fish. Like, enough to feed every clan. Mothwing stops. She smells rabbit. But it smells funny. She points it out. It's laying by a small creek. Leafpaw says it's dead. Mothwing says, so it's crow food. Wind Clan can't afford to be so picky. Hey, Barkface, Mothwing calls. Look what I found. She bounds down towards the rabbit. Stop, Barkface shouted. Don't touch it. 
Mockwing halts beside the rabbit and asks what the matter is. Barkface joins her, followed by the rest of the medicine cats. He sniffs the rabbit, and Leadpaw recognizes the sharp tang that she had smelled when she and Sorreltail had visited Wingclan territory. Her stomach churns, and she has to keep herself from gagging. Whatever happened, that rabbit wasn't fit for eating. Oh, God, why is... This is terrible. This is... I'm scared. Barkface sniffs the rabbit and turns to the other cats. He tells them quietly that two legs have done something to the rabbits in their territory. What? They all die. <gasps> Poison! And if cats eat them, they die too. Why are they poisoning they the rabbits? They watership down these rabbits. Why they... literally watership down. Wait, why are they poisoning the rabbits? To get them out. The just construction will construction. do that. I don't... I, I don't know. This is exactly what happened in Watership Down. Oh. I'm sorry. My knowledge of construction comes from other <laughs> things. Not Watership Down. That's uh, the only construction I know is from Watership Down. Oh, God. Um... Also off topic, but the article I was talking about is the body ritual among the Nasarima, which that is um, by Horace Minor. Uh, it was written. It was written in nineteen fifty. Yeah, yeah. I will link it. It's a good read of like understanding. It's all about perspective. Um, first time I read it, I did not know what it was, and I was like, "Why have I never?" Heard? And then I googled it and was like, "Oh, I'm dumb." <laughs> <laughs> the girl's like, I want to know more about these Na- Nasarima people. And they're like, you idiot, it's America backwards. I'm like, I don't, I don't see things like that. I'm sorry. So they've lost half of their elders and nearly all their apprentices. This is met with horrified silence. Who, which clan? Tallstar ha- Wing clan. Man, wing Wing clan. Yeah, another all wing clan moment, but it's like, this one's really depressing. Yeah. The tall star hadn't mentioned this when he confronted Firestar. He'd rather let the other clans think his warriors couldn't catch prey in their territory than that their own fresh kill was killing them. Mudfoot asks if he was able to help any of them. Barkface said he tried. He gave them yarrow to make them sick, and two of the strongest pulled through. But Monk's died. What hope is there for them if even their prey can kill them? Cinderpelt presses her muzzle into his side. They'll ask StarClan for guidance. Leafpaw asks if they should bury the rabbit, just in case another cat finds it. Barkface says there's no point. No Wind Clan cat would touch it now. They know better than to trust a fresh kill from inside their own borders. Oh. The Moonstone bathes them in silver light. Mockwing is next to her, staring wide with wide-eyed wonder at the stone. Leafpaw pushes away the questions about her and her aggressive brother. Mockwing has a right to be here. Starkland themselves approved her with the moss left at Mudfur's death. And Leafpaw sends a quick, silent plea to Starkland for answers before pressing her nose into the stone. She calls silently and desperately into the darkness for her sister. 
but something seems to be blocking her thoughts. It's a big, big cave. The silence is broken by the sound of rushing water as loud as thunder. Her darkness turned into a waterfall, crashing into a pool below. Clouds swirled over the image, and she catches a glimpse of sharp fangs and hears a loud snarl. She reaches out for the comforting presence of star plants, but all she catches is the flickering visions of lean, powerful cats. Their coats streaked with mud and blood, eyes glaring in desperation. The wind howled, sweeping the visions away. That's not good. That wasn't like a, a positive. No. Lee Fa jolts awake. The cavern is dark now, except for the faint glitter of silver pelts. There's a cat crouched beside her. Hmm? A beautiful tortoise shell with a white chest and paws. Oh my god. Hi. The sweet scent of herbs clung to her fur. At first she thinks it's Sorrel Tail, but she's back at camp. Where are Mothwing and the other medicine cats? She's alone in the cavern with this tortoiseshell cat. Who are you? <laughs> the tortoiseshell opens her eyes. Greetings she says. How many she girlfriends did she get? <laughs> <laughs> she tells Leafpaw to be anxious, not to be anxious for her sister or her clan. A time of great trouble has come, but the clans are strong enough to meet it. Leafpaw froze. She had woken up into another dream. Oh, I hate that. She realizes who this medicine cat must be. Are you spotted leaf? <gasps> I was going to say, asks. I was going to say, I was like, we haven't like talked about like any other cats smelling good in a while, but, but, okay, spotted leaf, girl, you can't try to get with it. Don't pull a snape here. Don't pull, I guess I'll Ooh. date the, the, the daughter. Like, oh, all right. So spotted leaf is here. I'm, I am, I'm actually really excited for Spotted Leaf because she's yeah. not talking to Firestar. Um, like, I, honestly, I like Spotted Leaf without, like, all the weirdness of her relationship with Firestar, so I'm actually kind of hyped because- Oh, you think this, it, it, you think this isn't gonna get weird? Oh, crap. Now I'm mad <laughs> it isn't Yellow Fang. I just realized it could have been Yellow Fang. Mm, should have been Yellow Fang. Okay, well, if if it didn't get weird, I'd be really hyped. So, but now I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, well, we're gonna explore that weird relationship next week some more. Um, yeah, everyone. Uh, if you want to keep in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram. We are WCWITcast. If you want to contact us via email, you can contact us at wcwitcast at gmail.com. And if you want to help out the podcast, a great way to do that is to share it with a friend. Um, be like, hey, uh, Spotted Leaf is back. Kind of. For like two seconds. We'll explore that more next week. Um, you can also leave a rating, review, follow us. Um, and it really helps yeah. us out. 
Because I'm Amber Hart. And I'm Tangleton. And this has been Warrior Cats. What is that? Thank you.